Okay. Now, some ground rules. First of all, you see on the bulletin, bo on the bulletin board, you see on the wall, if you want to wear a mask, if you like doing that, you sit on that side. If you don't want to wear a mask, you sit on this side. This is the unclean people. Uh, unclean, and these are the clean folks over here. Now, we are not going to pass the collection plate, but we will have collection plates out in the lobby. So when you leave, do that. Uh, we do not have a bulletin, so I'll have to tell you what hymns we're going to sing and when we're going to sing them. Also, we're blessed to have Walter with us. And uh, I told him he didn't have to come because we could, we could, you know, we could sing along with, without the organ, but he said he wanted to. He was concerned that we wouldn't be able to do it. So here he is. Now, we all like Walter, but when he leaves, please don't congregate around him because he has to go back to Peter, and we don't want him taking anything back. And I know we all say, well, we don't have it, but we don't know. So when he leaves, just wave and wish him well. No handshaking here in the church. No hugging. No kissing. If you want to do that, please leave the building completely. If you want to shake somebody's hand, go out in the parking lot and wait for them out there. So I'm sorry. We don't want anybody getting in trouble. Hi, Evelyn. <laughs> mm -hmm. See, now they're on the, see, they're, see they don't follow the, the, the sign. See, now they're on the unclean side, and they're supposed to be wearing their masks. This is the clean side. This is the heathen side over here. Yeah. The Gentile side. Yes. Also, if you're not a family member, and I see you're all doing real well, but if you're not a family member, don't sit next to somebody. In other words, Goldie and Joel shouldn't be sitting side by side, and they're not. I know everybody thinks this is a bunch of hooey, and it may well be, but we don't want anybody to say, well, we saw that Kahnawaga was doing this or doing that, and... That's like Ryan said to me some time ago, this is not how we want to get our name in the paper. So, uh, are, you, are you clean or unclean? You have to sit on that side. If you don't have a mask. Yeah. Okay, now we all understand. You may sit next to people that are your family unit, but don't sit next to people that are not. God gave us intelligence, and we are supposed to use it. Uh, well, he, 
God also gave us choice. So we can decide whether we want to use the, the, the intelligence that he's given us or not. So we are to obey our rulers. Scripture says that. So we're trying to do what we are trying to do. I'm sorry, but it looks like it will be this way for at least a month. There will be no Sunday school during that time because of getting close together. And uh, things will be updated as we go along. But you do notice we do have our projector working. And Sandy was explaining to me this morning he's going to be fine-tuning it. And... Uh, You want the, the alcove lights off. I think they're labeled back there, Sandy. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. We don't, see, we don't really need lights at, at this point because we're not reading anything other than the hymnal, and I think everybody can read the hymnal. Yeah. And Sandy took all these pictures from his back deck. So, yeah. See, that, that's, that's a little stream. When it rained the other day, that's a little stream that ran down through his yard. Yeah, there's a swimming pool there, yeah. These, there you go. And they're beautiful. And you know what's beautiful about them? Because God made them. Yeah, it's, it's just gorgeous. So anyhow, but here we are. Uh, Davey was telling me this morning that West Green Tree is not having services yet. But they are having small groups, what they call groups, coming together. And uh, Amy, you can't sit on that side. You have to sit on the clean side. That's the unclean side. You may sit anywhere that there is no blue tape and nobody else next to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Boy, this is going downhill fast. <laughs> yes, we do. We do need to laugh. Okay. Uh, we did not get the candles lit. Uh, tell you what, Megan or Owen, one of you, can you light the candles for us? And, and Walter's going to play a little, little tune while you go up to light the candles. And then we'll go from there.
Okay. Well, we've already kind of done the welcoming and announcements. Um, this is a blessing that we have so many people here. This is wonderful. This is very, very, very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank God. That's good. Amen. Let's do, now here's, I have an old bulletin. You don't have one, but I have an old bulletin. It calls for the opening hymn, and right after that, greeting one another. We're not doing that. If you want to stay standing and wave, okay, that's fine, but we're not going to jump up and go around and hug each other, okay? So the first hymn, uh, by coincidence, is in this bulletin was from March 8th, was Holy, 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 number 262, and that is the one that Walter picked for today, 262. So let's stand and sing number 262. thing. Uh, my mother's family, which is Heckerman, is the uh, family name. Uh, she has two surviving sisters. Uh, the one sister, Lorraine, uh, married Marburger. Lorraine Marburger lived near Mishawaka, Indiana, at the outskirts of South Bend. Um, She's been in failing health, and Karen and I try to visit them every time we go out to uh, Indiana. Uh, anyway, this past Friday, just a couple days ago, about this time of day, very suddenly, she passed away. Uh, so my Aunt Lorraine is now departed. Uh, my aunt uh, was, how many years? A number of years older than my mom. Three years? Yeah. Well, anyway, um, her husband is surviving, and he, he's, he's a little younger than what she was, but not much. Uh, his name is Ed Marburger, uh, so we need to pray for him. Uh, he had been going to the nursing home every day to visit her, and um, this was very unexpected. She was failing health, but very, just real suddenly. Um, the other thing happened yesterday, and this, this is down in Maryland. I have a brother, Kirk, down in Maryland, on the eastern shore of Maryland, Chestertown area on the eastern shore of Maryland. Um, he, uh, my brother, Kirk, is married to a lady who is a registered nurse, and how long ago did the... Did they tell her to take time off? The last few weeks. The last few weeks, they told her, and she works for a hospital and so forth. They told her, Marianne, you just got to take some time off. Well, she goes home and she works up. She works like a whirlwind at home, you know. Instead of working like a whirlwind at the hospital, she's at home. Well, so Marianne and my brother Kirk were out bicycling yesterday. And all of a sudden, while bicycling, she passes out and out on the road, you know. Um, they called emergency. 
they sedated her for whatever reason, and I'm not sure all the details of this because it comes through Facebook. Well, you know, Facebook. Um, they, ha they now have her on a ventilator in intensive care. So we don't know what's going on. Uh, anyway, my, you know, so my brother Kirk and his wife, Mary Ann, down on the eastern shore of, of Maryland. We need to pray for them. Uh, yeah. In a couple of weeks, uh, and this is just sort of a third item, uh, we are planning to go to Indiana. We have a grandson graduating from high school, and they only allow, what, five people at the graduation? So it's just uh, official and the graduate and a couple more. Uh, so we won't actually get to see the graduation, but my son-in-law, which would be the graduate's father, is a Mexican citizen, and he has oodles and oodles of relatives in the in the Elkhart area. And they and have you ever been to a Mexican party? I'll tell you some deal. They don't, they don't do anything small level, they, you know, it's a big deal. Well, so will that happen? They are planning for a party, and so we're, we're planning to go to the party. So two weeks from today, we, I will not be here, and, and Ryan will preach that Sunday. Uh, anyway, we are, hoping, uh, <laughs> we are hoping to do social distancing with enthusiastic Mexicans. Yeah. <laughs> that should be difficult. So, so Senor Sandy. <laughs> Does anybody else have anything they'd like to share? Karen, I'm not going to give you the microphone. Just beller it out. Luke got stitches on his forehead during the yeah. health crisis. Yeah, he had three stitches. So Evelyn has started walking consistently. Wow. Yeah, she's doing very well. More chasing. More chasing. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Yes, yeah, Luke, come here.
He hit his head on. He hit his head on an interior doorway on the corner of the. Walking through a doorway, he hit his head and. Yeah, nice try. Yeah. Well, I'll start here. I know that time is precious, and I I counted that we missed eleven Sundays, um, and that um, I think is is the correct total. And I wrote down that Evelyn did have her first birthday just before we stopped meeting. And I mentioned that since then she has learned to walk. And I also mentioned that at the end of April, Luke hit his head on the doorway, had to get three stitches. Kayla was shut down by the state for several weeks, but has since been able to go back to work with restrictions. It's kind of odd. It looks like she's working in a spaceship or something. It's just kind of bizarre. Yeah, um, I did continue to work. The rest of my coworkers they worked remotely, and um, our, the rest of our staff is coming back tomorrow. So we're going to be getting back into a more normal state of affairs. And over the past few years, I have become interested in what's called natural theology, and many of you have probably heard a little bit about it. Um, it was very popular in medieval times. And, you know, natural theology is basically observing the creation and then arguing for God's existence from the fact that there is order in creation. And it's not anything new. Uh, in fact, natural theology has been around for a very long time. And I think Psalm 19.1 does that very thing, which says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies above proclaim his handiwork. And so observing creation and then arguing for God's existence from its order and magnificence is something that God's people have done for a very long time. And anyway, I say that just to kind of frame my list of observations that I will make here shortly. We don't have cable at our house, and that might be a good thing. It spares us from the news. I used to watch the news faithfully, but noticed that the only thing that usually ends up happening is I get angry. I get mad about something, and then it translates into me being angry about something that's beyond my control. I do read selected articles on certain websites so that I'm not completely in the dark. And I have read a bit more during this interesting time simply because I want to stay informed. And I have noticed that most people want to get back to normal and most people are very respectful about the issue and most people just want what's best for their families and for others and then I've also noticed that some seem to be very concerned about what's going on and the little bit of news that I have watched seems to be painting a rather gloomy picture even suggesting that this is the end of the world as we know it and so I want to highlight some of my observations during the last 11 weeks during the COVID-19 crisis. And I'm sure that many of you have made the same observations. On March 15th at my house, the trees were just starting to bud and some had yet to sprout buds. And I've noticed that all the trees have flowered and sprouted green leaves. My grass was yellowish green when all this began. And I have noticed that my grass is now a lush emerald green color and it is thick and full of life and I've also noticed that whoever mows my grass does a pretty darn good job of making straight lines <laughs> that's me <laughs> I've watched flowers bloom from the ground and then observed the bees pollinating them uh, Goldie was mentioning there's a 
a robin. Where's Goldie? Oh, there you are. Okay, I lost you. Yeah, the, a robin made a nest in the, in the wreath out front of the church, and a robin made a nest on our porch in one of the ferns. And as a fan, is that right? Yeah. Birds, yeah, fluttering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. So as a family, we've watched the, the eggs become new life, and, and soon those birds will be ready to fly out of the nest as their mother faithfully feeds them each day. Each morning I've heard a chorus of birds singing and making melodies, flying from tree to tree. I'm sure everyone else has heard the same thing. I've watched squirrels playing from my front porch, jumping through the grass, chasing one another, climbing up trees. I've seen rabbits running through the grass, playing with one another and hiding in our evergreen trees. I've seen cows grazing in the fields, walking at the same speeds as before this health crisis. I've noticed that the wind continues to blow, sometimes gently, sometimes swiftly. I've noticed that the clouds are still forming and continue to ride the wind. Rain has continued to fall, much like it always does, sometimes gently and sometimes swiftly. The temperature has steadily increased over the past few weeks, as expected, as we move into the summer months. I've noticed that the sun continues to rise in the east each morning, and I also notice that it continues to set in the west each evening. And by, my, by my estimates, the days are still approximately 24 hours long. The sun is also rising higher in the sky with each passing day, and I've noticed that the moon still appears in the nighttime sky. I bought a telescope some time ago, and I take it outside because I like to observe the stars and the moon, and I've noticed the stars are still hanging in the sky as they were before. The heavens are still secure. What does all of this mean? Well, one thing that it means is that the creation is still under the authority of our God. He is still in charge. And that's the brief message that I want to leave with you this morning. God is in charge. And from my observations, the entire creation is not panicking, save one thing, people. The created order is continuing to operate by its design and to execute its purposes. And I want to read Psalm 148 this morning. If you brought your Bibles, feel free to turn there with me as we read this together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Verse 3. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for He commanded and they were created. And He established them forever and ever. He gave a decree and it shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and mist, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, beasts and all livestock, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and maidens together, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people. Praise, praise for all his saints.
for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. I read the book of Revelation several times during this time away, not because I think that the world is ending, but because I knew that certainly that someone would want to ask me a question about whether this is the end of the world, and I wanted to be certain about what I think, so I reread the book of Revelation several times. And my answer to the question is, I don't know. And it seems to be that most of the presentations that I've seen about the book of Revelation in my lifetime, whether it be on TV or some website, are, are generally cast in this terrifying picture of fire and brimstone and gruesome beasts rising from the sea with the Antichrist taking center stage in the presentations and most of our conversations. I mean, how often have you heard, do you think this person might be the Antichrist? Not recently, but in your lifetime. I've heard that too often. And how sad that is. Sad because the Antichrist is not the main character in the book of Revelation. Rather, the main character in the book of Revelation is the risen Lord Jesus Christ. A second character in the book of Revelation is us, the church. When we understand that, in the light of the author's intentions of the book of Revelation, I believe that it's meant to give us great confidence and hope. Confidence and hope that God is still in charge through everything and will be forever. That, I believe, is the message of the book of Revelation. There's much yet that I don't understand about the book of Revelation, and when I was in seminary, one of my professors told me that the book of Revelation can be summed up this way. God wins. Amen. In addition to that, I'm certain about three things in the book of Revelation. Number one, Jesus is alive. Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. Revelation chapter 1 verses 17 through 18. Number two, Jesus is in charge. Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Chapter 19, verses 6 through 7. And number three, he will reign forever. Speaking of the new heavens and the new earth, it says, The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of, no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Chapter 22, verses 3 through 5. What I have observed during this health crisis is that the creation continues to operate as God has intended it. God is still in charge and his creation continues to testify to this fact each morning and night. The heavens declare his glory. The confidence and hope that the book of Revelation gives us is that Jesus is alive, Jesus is in charge, and Jesus will reign forever. No matter what happens in this lifetime, we have a confidence and a hope that cannot be shaken. And it's interesting, this is not the first time that we have 
experienced a plague, certainly not in the Christian church, actually in the latter half of the second century. That's around the year 160 to 180 AD. There was a great plague in the Roman Empire. And it killed many, many people. And it was actually, there was social distancing during this plague. Actually, people who came down with this illness were thrown from their home by their own families. Husbands, wives, children, they were thrown out onto the street because the rest of the family did not want to get this illness. And it was actually the Christians, a marginalized community in the Roman Empire that went around and cared for these people, knowing full well that they would likely contract this deadly disease. It's not a wonder that this Christian, these Christians who were struggling to survive in this pagan nation made a name for themselves within a hundred years after this Christianity was the official religion of the Roman Empire and it was due to what these Christians had done during this time of a great plague so I understand that for some of us, this health crisis is concerning. I'm not saying that you're wrong for being concerned, but I would ask that we consider the fact that we have a great opportunity to witness to the confidence and hope that we have in Christ during this health crisis. We, as Christians, can stand up and say, yes, we understand there are dangers in this lifetime, but our confidence and hope is secure for we're not living for this lifetime. Rather, we are living for the life to come. And so let me close by speaking a blessing over you this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. I bet you didn't know you're going to get both barrels this morning, you know. We tried to promise each other, you know, try to keep it short. Well, you know, that we was do. Our first idea. That was, yeah. Our first idea was because we missed 11 Sundays. It's to make up for it. For, take the next five out, you know, for make up all the. And then, and then wondering if, it, if, if anybody would even notice. My, my wife probably would. She's, she's, she's smart. She's really smart. Oh, thank you, brother. And uh, did you know that a bunch of those pictures went right along with what you were saying? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Lord. Now, by the way, those pictures, if you have Windows 10 and you set, there's a setting where, the, your, lock, where your lock screen will, will have those pictures and there's a way to capture them. You have to know where to go and what to do. But so I have captured all these pictures on my Windows 10 uh, computer uh, since, since February. I, I got 250 of them that are rotating through. Anyway, just 
just to show you the projector and it's there and it's not exactly complete yet, but uh, uh, turn to Romans chapter 14 is a passage that I would like to, to read. And uh, while you're going there, let me just say what's going on with the projector. Um, thank you, Joel, for doing the, the electrical outlet. I used my tester this morning and two yellow lights, which means everything is good uh, on that outlet up there so that we're good on that that projector uh, where it's plugged in, where some of that stuff is pretty sensitive on the uh, grounding side. Anyway, um, and, and uh, Joel also made a little, little table, three foot square and a foot high off the floor to set the projector on. Um, we, we got communication between a computer and the projector to turn it on so it can actually be turned on down here. But I'm having troubles communicating the picture up the wire. It doesn't, for some reason, doesn't work. So instead of the $5 gadget, I ordered the $30 gadget and maybe the $30 gadget will do it. Anyway, eventually we'll be able to do the pictures from back here by the sound desk and don't even go up there. You turn it on and off down here with a, with a computer. Um, that's a pretty, pretty nifty uh, thing. Um, and then sort of work it out with the, the valence lighting here, how, how that relates to where, what we're doing. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're, we're working at that. Um, I, some of you heard that I have, had ordered another gadget to do FM radio, that is tra uh, not a broadcast, but what they call narrowcast. And I, I put on some music and did, put out the little antenna and got in my car and drove around the parking lot. I could hear it all the way around. Um, the problem was f the kind of microphone signal that this needs, it needs a condenser mic with phantom power and yada, 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 well, so I'm, I didn't get completely through that before we got to this day. Needless to say, if there is a reoccurrence of this disease out there, we can do a parking lot. We have equipment now to do a parking lot service. Everybody stay in your car. You turn the radio to the, to the right station, and you can hear in, on your car radio. I don't know if anybody will come to that, but it, it, it's, it's a capacity. <laughs> uh, that's just one of the things, I, because I'm into gadgets. Does anybody realize, do you realize I'm into gadgets? <laughs> she says we need a separate shed for, our ga for my gadgets. All right, enough. Hallelujah, I am so glad to be here today. Thank you, Lord. I have, uh, we've watched uh, some churches that are streaming, churches of the brethren, notably Coventry Church of the Brethren, where I was pastor for 13 and a half years, and then we got a bunch of friends down in Germantown, Church of the Brethren. Uh, I've been watching their services um, and praise God for those services. But, you know, it's, 
It's not like being in the same room. And I think God's will about that is don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Don't forsake that. Well, so, you know, says the word of God says that. It also says, you know, to, to honor those that, that rule over us. Um, uh, yeah, yeah not, not, a bunch of stuff that I would not consider real smart, but I still need to honor, honor those people. Um, and I have struggled in myself regarding those that are governing and from both parties and so forth. So much so that this has brought forth in me an observation of what is good, righteous governing. Asking myself, what, you know, all right, what does the scripture say about this? And the king, you know, the governance of God and his kingdom. What does God's rulership through the Lord Jesus Christ, what does that look What What are the components of that? You know, it is uh, when, when in the thousand year millennial reign of Christ, by the way, that's in there too. When that happens is, you know, if you, sneeze in the wrong direction, are they going to throw you in jail? Is that the way Jesus is going to go? I don't think so, folks. And then another place, it says, we shall reign and rule with him. Well, how are you going to govern and rule? Are you going to throw people in jail for sneezing or something? Come on. So we got to figure out what are the principles that God uses to rule, to know what good governance is, so that when good governance does not happen, okay, God, bring the light of your word into whether this governor or this president or these legislators, whether they realize it or not, Lord, you bring wisdom into their life. You rule and overrule. And we can't pray that until we sort of understand ourselves. So, this is just sort of charting out a few weeks here of sermons. And we're going to see about, yeah, you know, someday Mike or Goldie or, or Paul over here, they may be in charge of something in the heavenly kingdom. Well, let's hope they do good. <laughs> let's hope they rule well. Let's hope what's true in the word of God is true in them and they do what is well-pleasing in the sight of the Lord. and Because, you know, in heaven, in he you know what? You'll still have choice in heaven. Some people imagine that we won't have choice. But we will serve him because we have a heart to serve him. And we're there because we want to be there. Do you want to be in heaven? If you have no heart to go to heaven, I, you probably won't make it. <laughs> If you really want to go to heaven, let me tell you, friend, it is attainable. And not because you're so good or so smart or, oh, you know, that God's going to give you a pass. You know, we, we know you're a sinner, but, you know, we're just going to give you a pass. No, no, no. It is the shed blood of Jesus over my life, over in the doorpost of my heart. And the blood of Jesus gives me entrance into that heavenly kingdom.
And I want to be there. I want to be there with him. I want to be there, first of all, because he's there, and he's the one that died for me on the cross. And I want to be there because there's a whole bunch of folks that I'm expecting to see again. <laughs> a bunch of folks. I maybe have done more than 400 funerals in my life. I've done more than my share, I tell you. Used to be in a town that that uh, all the churches were part-time pastors except good old Sandy. He was full-time. And guess, guess what? I had Presbyterian funerals. I had Baptist funeral. Baptist guy worked in a factory. The, the, the Presbyterian minister, was he had, I think, three or four churches. So he couldn't always... So guess, good old Sandy, he had all... The only ones I didn't do... Uh, were Catholic because they did holy water stuff, and I didn't know anything about that, so they didn't ask me to do the Catholic ones. But I did a lot, and I got to know so many people in that town because of relating to their families and funerals. A uh, bunch of those people I, I'm looking forward to seeing again. And some people think, well, you know, and I... How many here know of somebody that's died of the virus? How many, of, how many here know somebody that died? Really? I, I know one guy, Joe Razor. Joe Razor died. Of, okay. I'm, I'm shocked. You know, I guess, which really says the Philadelphia, we're in the very, very outskirts of the Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area where we live just to say where we live. <laughs> a bunch of people. The closer you get downtown Philadelphia, the more people died. A bunch of people have died. Don't fool you. So you are sort of sheltered. You're living in a sheltered area here. Let me tell you that then. Because I've heard of cases. I've known of cases, and I knew, I knew one man that died from this, and he was in a nursing home. Um, to, to say... Look, yeah, believers have died of this disease. And some people say, well, why would God permit Joe Razor to die of this virus? He was a, he was a Christian man. Why would, he, why would God? No, 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 that's not the question to ask. The question to ask is, we're mortal, we're prone to dying, why am I still alive? Why are you still alive? <laughs> oh, God's been gracious to you. Praise him for his graciousness to you. It's not what I deserve, but it's the graciousness of God over my life that I didn't get this disease. By the way, I may have had it. I don't know. Our, our family had something back in November, December. Was it November, December? February. 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 Well, I had something in November. <laughs> it might have been this. Who knows? They said it was operational back in October. You know. Well, I don't know. But whatever it was, God got me through it. Thank you, Lord. And so you just, you praise God every day. Just praise him. Thank him. Every day, every day that you live, 
everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Let's look at uh, this passage in Romans 14. And um, let's pick up with verse 7. Romans 14, verse 7. It says, For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. Even if you go off someplace like a hermit and you try to die alone, no, no, no. (laughs) Don't ever think that you're alone. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and rose and lived again that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. The Lord Jesus is Lord of my life and the Lord Jesus is Lord of Joe Razor, even though he's passed from this disease. Hallelujah. He's still Lord. (laughs) Is he your Lord? But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, part of the rioting thing going on in the land, I'm convinced that people have just been cooped up and they're just, they're just the, you know, the carnal thing of just venting. Is part, is part of what's going on. There's, there's other elements, and this could, part of this writing could even be organized, organized, seditious elements in the, in the land. It could be. I, I read some of that stuff, and I go, well, we'll see. The truth will come out eventually, all right? But, you know, people going around, don't you do this, People going around, and, and I, you know, I have to guard my own heart on this. You, you talk to my wife. She, if you really want to know the truth about me, talk to my wife. Uh, she'll, you know, she, and, and she's pretty straightforward. She won't, she won't um, make me look better than I really am. She'll just say, well, he is what he is. <laughs> you struggle with, with not, not saying obnoxious negative things about people and looking down your, do you look down your nose? And I, you know, you, you, well, let's, let's draw a circle there and we'll throw the politicians in there. I, how many times have I said things about politicians during this whole deal? And I said, well, anyway, that's my tone of voice and you can fill in the blanks. Well, no, don't do that. Don't judge. Why? Because we'll all stand, we'll all of us, Stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Some people think, some Christians think, oh, there's no judgment. Well, Jesus took the penalty side of judgment, of my judgment. What do I deserve? Hallelujah, if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd I'd tremble to think what I would face if Jesus hadn't hadn't died on the cross for my sins. But to guard your heart of turning around, you know, once you receive the mercy, 
where do you get in big trouble? You, you know, I received mercy from Jesus on that cross, his salvation, so full and so free. And if, then if I turn around and, I, and I'm obnoxious to the guy next to me, just obnoxious to him, and, and, and look down my nose and judge him, uh, verse 11, for it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us, let's forget the governor, and let's forget the president, and let's forget the legislator, and let's forget the, the courts, so then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Don't think that what you do doesn't matter. There are whole sections of Christianity. Oh, you know, you're predestined and it doesn't make any It does make a difference. It really makes a difference. You will, I will, each of us, shall give an account to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. And so, you know, you know about the Muddites and the anti-Muddites? You know, one guy was healed by Jesus and put mud on his eyes. The next guy, he didn't use mud. And that was the first two denominations, the Muddites and the anti-Muddites, you know. Well, it's, it's sort of like the mask thing and the anti-mask thing. You honor whoever else is doing it the other way. You respect them and say, okay. So, you know, when I go into Walmart, I, I put the thing on, you know, and and I'm, <gasps> I, I appreciate I can stand up here without a mask on, you know, because I'm not sure I can make it, you know. But listen, you pull back. See, see, I know, the reason I'm saying this stuff, because I know human nature, the human nature in me, well, you know, it's likely that a bunch of you have the same human nature tendencies. <laughs> Come on. So you get into the word of God and you let the word of God, okay, so you're headed this direction. Oh, it steers you in a little bit different direction. It says, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. I, I just knew what Mike was going to say about clean and unclean. Saying, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, whether you whether you look at this world identically the same way I do, God bless you. God's going to judge me, and God's going to judge you. Well, you know, and what's our job? to provoke each other, to provoke one another to love. By the way, love is what mercy does. You know? And, and, you, and to have a tender heart before the Lord. 
Lord, help me to, help me not to be so, uh, what's a good word, Karen? Contentious or uh, obnoxious. obnoxious. All right. I own up to it. Did you know I can be obnoxious? Do you think Jesus ever got obnoxious? No, not really. I believe he was the manifestation of the fullness of the love of God in human form. Jesus was. And he, how can you be without sin and not be that? It's because we don't let that kind of thing prevail in our lives that that we can drift so far from what the Lord wants us to do. You pursue having a tender heart before the Lord and before others. And uh, whether it's clean or unclean. All right. Let's pray and we'll close the service with a song. Thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the sunshine. Thank you, Lord, for the beauty of the earth, just like Brother Ryan said about the magnificent creation that's all around us. Hallelujah. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Yeah, well, that's just dumb to say there is no God. But Lord, to bring us more than just the knowledge that there is a God, Lord, to bring us to the place of a humble heart and a tender heart. Lord, that's day by day. That's, we need help with that. And sometimes we, uh, we slide back into old habits and patterns. Lord, call us out of that. Help us to repent. Help us to find the new way. Help us to find the Jesus way. And Lord, that you would rule and reign in our hearts every day, all the time. Lord, we need that, especially when things are so chaotic around us.